BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. You don't have to dip forever. You know that rhymes. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. There's a Short list of places in the world I want to see before I die. I have to see them. 
And probably number one, probably number one on my list of places I have to see before I die is Nishapur. It's just this incredible, clean, cultural center, supposed to be just full of architectural wonder, supposed to be loud and fun and bustling. Nishapur. I'm sure it's on your list too, isn't it? What do you mean you've never heard of it? You've never heard of Nishapur? Oh, you know why it's not on your list? And why it's not on my list? Because it doesn't exist anymore. We'll get to that in a second. We have talked before, and we'll talk again, about Genghis Khan, about the Mongol Empire, about the things they did to other people, about the advancements, about the atrocities. It's just, they're going to be on that level, not not with ancient Rome, but they're going to be close to the ancient Rome level of there's so much there to talk about, you can never wrap your mind around all of it. What happened there is just, it's stunning. It's stunning. And, and when it comes to Nishapur, which we will get to in a few, imagine this. This is the best example I can give to you if you want to imagine what they were going through in Nishapur. We were bombing ISIS not long ago, right? You remember that? Trump kind of let the generals, hey, take the gloves off, go get rid of these guys, and we smoked them. Absolutely smoked them. ISIS was powerful, you remember. Syria, Iraq, they owned big parts of land. They, the ISIS was, I mean, all right. Now, we always looked at them, though, with that kind of, okay. I mean, sure, they're doing all right under Obama. Just just let somebody go after them who won't drop leaflets on them first, telling them they're about to get bombed. I'm not making that up. Obama did that. And we'll take care of it. I mean, yes, they're they're powerful for over there for a ragtag terrorist group. It's not as if they're they're landing here. Now, I want you to picture this. We see all these ISIS videos. Finally, Trump goes over there. Let's the generals go over there, bomb the living crap out of them. Woohoo, America, baby. Let's, let's fire some fireworks. ISIS sucks. And you wake up one month later. And ISIS has surrounded your town. Would be one horrifying. What what questions would you even be asking yourself? And you you've seen the videos, right? You've read the stories. You know what those people did to other people. Some of the most horrific, barbaric stuff ever. Stuff I won't even talk about on the radio. And how much gruesome crap do I tell you on the air every day? Absolutely. Possibly. Chris and I have had this talk before. Possibly the most evil people who've ever walked the planet. Yes, more than Nazis. They lacked the ability in organization to do what the Nazis did. Or they would have done worse. They would have done worse. 
maybe the worst people to ever walk the planet, and you wake up and they've surrounded your town. That's what they were going through in Nishapur. That's the questions they would have been asking. For one, how did these people even get here? This is like some ragtag tribe from the Middle East. What? How? Why are they here? Two, oh my gosh, if they actually get into walls... We, we are, this is a, it's a nightmare. This is hell on earth. But before we get there, Genghis Khan was born the son of an actual chieftain, the son of a Khan. Now it's the Asian step. You've heard me talk before about the Asian step. The Asian step was full of different nomadic step people. Now, they all basically shared this in common. They were all tough as nails. They were all horseback people. And when I say horseback people, I mean, they didn't like to ride now and then. On, On Saturdays, maybe after a light brunch. They had three year olds, three year olds on horses. While you and I were trying to wrestle that binky out of your out of our son's mouths, their kids were on horseback already. They were reportedly the greatest horsemen who ever lived. That stuff you see in the movies where somebody will hang off the neck of a horse and shoot an arrow from underneath its neck while it's riding, they actually did that a lot. Absurdly good horsemen. Absurdly tough. A lot of that's just because of their environment. Didn't have set cities because they were nomadic. But they were always extremely divided. Extremely divided and unorganized. Extremely. So Genghis Khan's born. His dad's a chieftain. His dad ends up getting poisoned And the clan they belonged to decided they didn't want Genghis and his family around anymore, his mom and all his brothers, and they kicked him out of the clan. Now you are on the Asian steppe by yourself living off the land. At one point in time, Genghis actually kills one of his brothers who was getting a little too big for his britches apparently, and then Genghis became the head of the family. And... Yes, that's not ideal. You don't generally want to murder your brother. However, these are a different people. They do things a different way. Genghis Khan eventually claws his way back in. He actually gets held captive by that same clan. He escapes because Genghis Khan is a boss and somehow finds a way out of everything. He ends up with this childhood friend who is near and dear to his heart. They are blood brothers. This childhood friend has fought along his side when Genghis Khan's wife, his first wife, was kidnapped by another tribe. His blood brother joined forces with him, sent some troops in. Genghis goes just straight out of the movies, fights his way in, gets his wife back. Woohoo! And then gets in this huge, huge feud with his blood brother. Ugly, ugly feud. Death, attacking each other, trying to kill each other. Finally, again, because he's Genghis freaking Khan, 
He wins, and his blood brother takes off into the mountains to to hang out and hide out with this mountain tribe. Now, you need to understand, this guy had hid with another tribe before, and Genghis Khan didn't, he, he didn't take it well. And when he found out they were hiding him, he killed them all. So when you're the mountain tribe and this guy shows up at your doorstep, well, now you have a decision to make, right? I mean, we don't we don't necessarily hate this guy, but somebody's got to do something or Genghis Khan's going to ride up here and then we're in serious trouble, aren't we? So if you're the head of that little tribe, you're looking around and at your wife, your kids, your people, you're responsible to protect them, and you say to yourself, man, I don't, I don't want to do it, but we're going to have to go turn this guy in. We're going to have to betray him and go turn this guy in. Maybe not the best call. Hang on. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. I need a good night's sleep tonight, and so do you. You need a neb sleep. It's time to stop playing games with it. It's time to stop lying to yourself because I lie to myself about it. When I have a bad night's sleep or two in a row, I tell myself that it'll be fine. I'll just go to bed early tomorrow night. Your mind needs good sleep every night. Every single night you need it. Stop taking pills. Stop putting it off. Stop waiting until you're so exhausted you can't hardly function. Get an ebb sleep. Get an ebb sleep. It is not drugs. It's not pills. It's a wearable device that applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead area, putting you asleep faster and keeping you asleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. And use the code jesse. You get 25 bucks off. Stop putting it off. Start sleeping tonight. Genghis was a complicated man. Or, I guess you could look at it a different way, a simple man. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are multiple ways to look at Genghis Khan. You see that mountain tribe, they made the decision that they're going to turn in this dude. Hey, we're, we're not getting slaughtered. We're not hiding this dude. We're not slaughtering him. So they screwed him over, and they turned him in. And Genghis Khan promptly had them all killed. <laughs> Because in Genghis's mind, yes, I want to kill him. Yes, he's my childhood friend. But you can't betray my childhood friend. I can kill my childhood friend. You can kill my childhood friend in battle. You can't be a snake about it. That's a no-no. Like I said, complicated, but also really simple, right? Part of... Part of my fascination with the man, 
is how simple he made everything, how straightforward he made everything. I mean, this is an era, not just in the, the Mongol, the, the Asian steppe, that era in general, this is, you know, the year 1200, that's what you need to know, right around that time, where everything is, you know, a hierarchy. Everything is handed down. Father passes it down to son, passes it down to his son. Well, no, I, I need five generals, and they're going to be the five other wealthy men from wealthy families in the tribe. Not Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan was, and it's really, really, really cool, Genghis Khan was the ultimate meritocracy guy. He did not care at all who your dad was, who your clan was, how much money you got. If you were capable in any way, Genghis Khan would use you. He was famous most of the time, and I'll get to that in a second, most of the time for slaughtering cities, you know, destroying armies, but absolutely barring the slaughter of the capable, intelligent people in the city. And I mean, not just, not just engineers, although he was fanatical. Like, you couldn't touch an engineer. He wanted them. No, 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 no. We're going to bring him in. And when I say bring him in, I don't mean slap chains on him and pull his fingernails out until he agrees to engineer with you. I mean, taken in and given a place of honor. Artists, religious leaders... Pretty much all of them, any religion. He wasn't super religious himself, but it was what a unique understanding from where he came from, for he understood how important they were to holding a society together. Yes, this Christian priest and this uh, Muslim imam, don't you dare touch them. I mean, granted, we're going to kill all the women and children, but don't you dare touch the imam. It's important. And one of my favorite stories about this meritocracy thing was when Genghis was really on the rise now and he was almost at his peak, you know, I'm about to make life a living hell for China power. He's in battle. He's in the heat of battle. And you remember the mercy I talked about that they showed, you know, engineers? You didn't get any of that mercy if you were battling against Genghis lots of the time. He would just have his army slaughter every single person. And he, had, he did it on purpose because he wanted the next tribe to know. And so they would just surrender. He didn't want to have to do it. He was the ultimate, I'm going to make an example of you so I don't have to do this again guy. That's what he did. So he's in the heat of this battle. And his horse gets shot out from under him. Now we need to take a step away here for a second. Remember when I said they're on horseback at the age of three? Mongols did not view their horses the way you think they would view their horses. It was more like how you view your dog. They loved them. Loved them. I'm not judging you, but you know those tears you shed when you're burying your puppy out back? Believe me, I've been there. Shovel in my hand, crying as I bury my dog. Everybody has to go through it at some point. That's how Mongols felt about their horses. They loved them. Now I want you to picture Genghis Khan riding his horse in battle and wham! His horse goes down. Actually almost rolls over the top of him and kills him. 
The Mongols fight on. Genghis lives. They win the battle, and the few survivors are lined up after the battle, awaiting their execution from Genghis Khan. And Genghis freaking Khan stands in front of them and says, I want to know who shot my horse. Now, how much poop would you have in your pants at this point in time? Uh, you're, you already are pretty sure this is going to be it for you. And gosh, uh, I mean, I can't be the one to admit it, right? Because who knows what he'll do to me then. Nevertheless, a man stands up and says, I did it. Genghis Khan gives him the, uh, wait, are you serious? You're actually admitting to it? And the guy says, for to paraphrase a bit, yeah, I know you're going to kill us all anyway. I at least want to die with honor. Boom. Promoted to general on the spot. He's actually one of the most famous and capable generals in the history of mankind. His name is Jebe, which is Mongolian for arrow. Genghis not only promoted him on the spot, renamed him on the spot. And the guy went on to be an absolute lion in Genghis Khan's army. Like I said, a different dude, right? And kind of cool. I know you're thinking it because I think it, and I know you can hear it in my voice. Genghis Khan's kind of awesome. Understand there's a lot of rape and murder going on here. A lot of it. I'm about to read you a statistic. Now, I've heard this statistic argued before. People will say it's not quite this much. But when I say I've heard the statistic argued, I don't mean people will say it's not true at all. There's just some quibbling about how true it is. Are you ready for this? 16 million people today are descendants of Genghis Khan. That's that's really bad. Just, I mean... I'll let you use your imagination why that is. I don't think you have to think too hard about it, but yeah, this was not, it was not pleasant to be a captive of of Genghis Khan. I'm not saying it was unpleasant to be a woman in the Mongolian empire. Now, relatively speaking, women were actually treated with a high, high place of honor in the Mongolian empire. Some of them, the Mongol women. The captive women, not so much. Not so much at all. And again, it's going to sound like I'm making excuses for them, but I kind of am. That is also how the most of the history of the world conducted its business. You remember we just talked yesterday about the Romans and the slaves? Uh, Rome didn't invent that, and it didn't end when Rome went down. Slaves are the history of the world. Open up your Bible. How much do you see that in there? It's everywhere. It's the history of the world, man. Everywhere. That was historically part of how the world worked. We, by the grace of God, have gotten rid of that today, which is really, really cool when you think about how vast history is, and we've essentially dumped that today. That's impressive. But the history of the world, and definitely the history at this time, was slaves. You took them. You traded them. You own them. Slavery for a woman? 
not not great. Not great. Now, you're Genghis Khan, and you got a bone to pick with somebody. Hang on. Delta Rescue. Do you know how long Delta Rescue has been saving abandoned animals? And, and, and I bring this up because is there any substitute for experience? I'll tell you this. When you're dealing with certain groups, when you're dealing with a restaurant, when you're dealing with charities, when you're dealing with things like that, experience is one of the only things that matters. Because you know they know how to handle business. They know how to handle the saving of the animals. They know how to handle their books. They know how to maximize your contributions. That's what matters to me. Yes, I love the mission. I love that Delta Rescue is running the largest no-kill and care-for-life animal sanctuary in the world. I do. But I love that they've been doing it for 40 years. Get involved. DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. Get involved today. Genghis Khan hated Chinese people. He hated China. Hating Chinese people is not fair. He really hated anybody. (laughs) Everyone, I mean. But he had a long history of an axe to grind with China. And get this, China, China was the big boy on the block back then. It's one of the fascinating things about China, as much as I despise them. Any period we talk about in history, I mean, any period I've ever brought up to you, at that point in time, China was big. Now, lots of times they were pretty insular. People didn't know how big they were, but they were mega powerful always. And this period of time is no different. And China always knew uh, these Asian steppe people are really, 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 really amazing warriors. We really have to just make sure they never get together. They're amazing warriors, but it's always, they're killing each other more than they're ever killing us. Just make sure they're always going to fight. Genghis Khan changed all that. He united the steppe, beat up China. And before you know it, Genghis Khan has this empire. He has a Mongolian nation. Things are amazing. And as part of an empire, Genghis Khan, it's not like I'm defending him again. He decided he wanted to trade with the Charismid or Charismian, depending on who you read, the Charismid Empire. The Charismid Empire, you need to think Iran, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, this area. It's a Muslim empire. Not that Genghis gave a crap about that, but it is run by a Shah. He's the man in charge. I'm not even going to attempt to read his name, which is 9,000 characters long. I'm just going to call him the Shah. Genghis sends a caravan of 500 merchants over to one of the governors of the Shah. 
and says, hey, look at all the sweet stuff we have here. You have sweet stuff there. Let's let's get along. Let's do some trade. Genghis Khan didn't ride in their guns blazing. They promptly killed all of his merchants and took all of his stuff. Not smart. Genghis Khan sends yet another caravan. Merciful, peaceful, patient Genghis Khan sends more ambassadors over. They probably all get their beards shaved, which wasn't that big of a deal to the Mongols. It was an extreme insult from the Islam, the, the Muslims at this time. I don't know. It still is in some places, I'm sure. But it was a big deal. Basically, it was a gigantic de-pantsing. They killed all of them again and let one of them live to go back to Genghis Khan. And now, well, that's not ideal. But remember, remember. Genghis Khan had his own Mongolian thing going over there right now, right? But Genghis Khan, up to this point in time, at least in the Shah's eyes, is just ISIS. Remember that story I told you, the make-believe, what about ISIS surrounding your town? That's how the Shah would have viewed Genghis Khan. The Shah's empire, the Charisman empire, was massive. It was wealthy beyond belief extremely powerful. He had huge armies, fortified cities, and okay, there are some dudes on horseback shooting the little bows and arrows over in the Asian steppe. I'm sure they're good fighters. They have no chance against us. It is how he would have, how you would look at ISIS. It's exactly that. Except, man, did he really, really, really underestimate Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan proceeds to send out spies and scouts. Everybody likes to imagine that Genghis Khan would wake up, bathe in the blood of his enemies, eat a big, big raw steak, and then just start screaming at the top of his lungs and hop on a horse and ride into some place with his army. No, no. He had a vast, vast spy network that he would send out Everywhere, so he knew everything. Do you know part of the reason Genghis Khan took down so many massively fortified walled cities? Yes, the Mongols were great fighters. Yes, the Mongols blatantly ripped off all the Chinese siege equipment ideas. And remember how how I told you he loved engineers? He just went down and told the Chinese engineers, oh, you're working for me now. Here's some gold. Come on, let's ride. Now, the dude was amazing. Because when they first started going into China, they didn't know anything about siege equipment. They were just on horseback. He started to figure out, yeah, you cannot ride a horse over a wall. You have to knock down said wall. He was obsessed about intelligence, and he was obsessed with dividing nations and cities politically before he got to the walls. He would send spies into the city. They were not just there to scout out, oh, there's some guards over here. Oh, they have this many horses. Oh, it looks like they do this for water. They would do that too, but they would also figure out, wow, the guy who runs this place, his brother actually thinks he should be in charge. Hmm. He actually has some troops. I bet if we start to work our way into this cocktail party with his brother, we might be able to develop a division. I'm not making that up an extensive spy network 
He would essentially have your city fighting itself by the time he showed up. The dude was amazing. That governor that killed all the merchants, yeah, that that did not work out very well in the end. Genghis Khan took his city, took that governor, laid him down, melted down silver, and poured it into his eyeballs and his ears. Not a great way to go. And then Genghis Khan, because the Shah at this point in time is still not exactly an uh, an apologetic dude. Hey, Genghis, my bad. Genghis says, okay, um, now it's on. And now it's on, which brings us to the massive city of Nishapur, which you will not be visiting and I will not be visiting. Why won't we be visiting it? Well, Genghis was a bit of a family man. And when I say a family man, he loved his kids. Not just his sons either. Remember, I told you, this is not some society where women are cattle. Granted, the slave women are, but that's another story. This is a society where women women can own property. Women were uh, Genghis Khan's wife. I mean, he had several and and I'm sure a harem of about 9,000 sex slaves, so I'm not acting, acting like the guy's some, you know, extremely progressive women's rights leader or something, but Genghis Khan's wife advised him. She was one of his chief advisors. It wasn't, shut up, woman, bring me, give, bring me some gruel. She was given a place of honor. Now, when I say loved his kids... Loved his family. It wasn't just his sons. He loved his daughters. And one of his daughters was particularly near and dear to his heart. And she married a man named Tokuchar. Tokuchar was obviously now Genghis Khan's son-in-law and given a place of leadership in Genghis Khan's army because he was a stud. They were trying to take Nishapur. Again, this is a siege and a siege of a massive, massive city. And when I say massive city, I I need you to understand we're about to get a little wonky with the numbers because the numbers are a little wonky. And when I say wonky, I mean, nobody knows how many freaking people were in this city. I read six different things on Nishapur before today, and every one of them had six different levels for how many people were in the city. So how many people were there? Well, hang on, I'll explain. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. Your phone is full of germs, full of them. And when I first heard this, I was mortified. When someone explained to me why my phone is so gross, I I couldn't even believe it because I don't like public restrooms. They gross me out. I see the way people treat them. I don't know how they've been cleaned. Well, let me ask you something. You're careful in that public restroom because, I mean, let's be honest, it's icky. Um, when's the last time that table your phone is sitting on has been cleaned? Oh, I know you may know at home you set it on the kitchen counter or something, but when you're out and about, when you're at work, 
When you're at a restaurant, oh, they wipe down the table. When's the last time they disinfected that table? Do you know? Did you ask somebody? No, you don't. You need a Clean Phone Pro. It kills that bacteria on your phone. Go to AmericaFirstShop.com. That's AmericaFirstShop.com and get a Clean Phone Pro. Don't forget to use the code JESSE. Get you free two-day FedEx shipping. Jesse Kelly returns next. Genghis Khan's son-in-law dies. Genghis Khan's daughter. Little upset. Very upset. Now, remember I told you these were not oppressed women treated like cattle. Genghis Khan's daughter was important. By all accounts, his daughters were impressive and all given important roles because they were impressive. Again, meritocracy. Genghis Khan didn't want to hear, I'm not following her because she's a woman. You can do it. Genghis Khan's all about it. She, uh, She didn't grieve the same way you grieve, the same way your wife or mother would grieve. She is Genghis Khan's daughter, after all. She, uh, she decided to request that Genghis kill everything in Nishapur and erase it from the map. And when I say everything, well, hang on. You see, eventually, they started pounding on the walls of Nishapur. Remember I told you about that engineering stuff they stole from China and the engineers they stole from China? The Mongols would launch trees in boulders. They would launch diseased animals into cities, and the animals would explode on contact and blow all that disease all over the place. These people did warfare a different way. A different way. Genghis Khan's daughter, who was grieving, was given a place of honor. They made for her a throne she could sit on and watch as the Mongols took the city. The Mongols took the city and proceeded to kill everyone. Now, we talked yesterday a little bit about the sacking of a city and how that goes and how people are excited. It's one of those things I've never experienced, hope I obviously never get to experience, never understood, but there's something historically bordering on impossible to control men when they are sacking a city. There's something about getting your blood up. Men just loot and rape and pillage like no tomorrow. There are several accounts in, historically of men killing each other, like in the same army. You're just you're blood mad. Not the Mongols. Not under Genghis Khan. Oh, they were looting. They were raping. They were pillaging. But Genghis Khan put a stop to all that until the battle was completely finished and then you had to share all of your loot. 
Genghis Khan, again, the guy was just an incredible leader, took almost none of it for himself. Almost every other ruler would take everything good, all the prettiest women, all the all the nicest gold. Uh, you guys can have the scraps. Genghis let all his men have the scraps. Or let it let all his men have the good stuff. Oh, don't get me wrong, he wasn't hurting. He he had plenty, but Well, Nishapur, remember I said the numbers were all over the place? I've read numbers from three hundred thousand to one point seven million people lived in the city of Nishapur. Historically, the records get a little rough, but you know why Nishapur's was a little rough? Because it's not there anymore. Because once the Mongols sacked the city, they then proceeded to assign each man so many people to kill. The man had to take his prisoners, chop their heads off, and return to the commander with an ear, proving to him they chopped the heads off. Genghis Khan's daughter wanted to make sure there were no wounded people who were allowed to live, so decapitation was the order of the day. They did not stop at the men. Then they decapitated the women. Then they decapitated the children. Then they decapitated the dogs and the cats. Because she wanted an example made everybody would remember, they also began to build pyramids. Now, no, these were not the Egyptian pyramids. You can still see in the Egyptian sun. These were pyramids of skulls. Four of them. Piled up like mountains, the Mongols built pyramids of skulls of Nishapur, leaving pretty much everybody dead, missing a head, including the animals. The Mongols rode from Nishapur, but wait, there's one more thing I almost forgot. I mean, it's a big city. They had all these libraries, and and it was, by all accounts, supposed to be this mecca of culture and beauty and art. It was supposed to be incredible. And the Mongols are riding away thinking, you know, I actually saw some basements back there. I, I, you know what? I bet you money. I bet you money there were some people hiding. Let's send some people back for them, too. The Mongols, days after they slaughtered everyone in Nishapur, sent back another force to catch anybody who had been hiding the first time so they could cut their heads off too. There's one more thing. Maybe the coolest thing. Hang on. Boomer Naturals has amazing products, and this is my favorite part, though. Natural products, as you may have guessed from the name. No harmful chemicals putting in your body, none of that man-made garbage, real natural stuff. It's more than just face masks, but they have those two in look. I understand a lot of you don't want to wear a face mask. A lot of you are doing this thing, I'm never going to wear a face mask, and that's fine. But there are going to be things you want to do in this life, and they're going to require you to wear one. I know you've seen the news. These big box stores, I'm not going to name names. 
Yeah. It's wear a face mask or go away. A lot of these airlines, it's wear a face mask or you're not getting on board. And if you think that's where it stops, you're wrong. Get a face mask. BoomerNaturals.com. That's BoomerNaturals.com. And don't forget to use the code JESSE20 at checkout. Gets you 20% off. BoomerNaturals.com. Nishapur is now gone. Genghis Khan, just just a little frame of reference for you here. You want to know Genghis Khan's most famous quote? One of his most famous quotes. They say he rode into a town square or a city square after he just conquered it. Things were not going well for them. And Genghis Khan said... I am the punishment of God. If you had not committed great sins, God would not have sent a punishment like me upon you. How sweet is that? <laughs> I mean, it's not ideal if you're the one whose dog is getting its head cut off, along with, you know, the wife and kids. But still, really freaking awesome. All right, it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373. I have one, one final thing about Genghis Khan that I love just for today. Don't worry, we'll be back to Genghis Khan at some point in time. And this may be the best thing. You remember that Shaw, the guy who was in charge of everything? You remember him? Do you want to know how to redefine spite and hate? I'll tell you in a second. The Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. One final thing about Genghis. You remember the Shaw? The dude in charge? The guy who kind of forced Genghis's hand. I mean, maybe didn't have to go quite that far and completely eliminate the Charismian Empire. <laughs> Oh, the, the empire, gone. I don't mean the town, the empire, gone. Yeah, that Shaw, Genghis found out where he was born. Not where he lived. Genghis Khan found out where the Shaw was born. And it was like virtually every ancient city. Close to a body of water. In this case, it was a river because this was pre-running water era. Except for the Romans who were basically... The Romans basically had Wi-Fi in the year zero. Yeah, Genghis found that river that was sustaining the town where the Shah was born. He rerouted the river so it wouldn't go by the town anymore. They had to empty the town and abandon it. 
Genghis Khan eliminated the Shah's birthplace from human existence. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really, really cool. Really, really cool. All right. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It is time for us to dig into it. Allow me to use producer Chris's question first, though. Now, I don't even understand why he asked me this question. Chris looks up really stupid things during the breaks. As he asked me something about if I'd ever driven a moving van into a bridge before, to which I responded, no, but I have driven one into, my, into an apartment complex. And he just burst out laughing. He thought I was messing with him. I'm not messing with him at all. Not messing with him at all. One of those bad moments, every dude has these moments. I suppose women have them too. I'm sure women have them too. You have these moments where you screw up big and you screw up publicly. And it's so humiliating that it scars you for life in some way. You know what I mean? It just, it, it was, you can, even thinking back on it, you still get that feeling in the pit of your stomach like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe that happened. I'm so embarrassed. So I was moving out of my apartment. I had gotten out of the Marine Corps, year 04, got out of the Marine Corps and just moved into an apartment by myself. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I made a vow. That vow was simply this. I would never, ever, ever live with another human being again until I got married. You understand now, because you've been listening to me for a while, most of you, how I am, how I am not the... uh, I want to go to a party with 10,000 people, guy. I'm the, no, I'll have, I'll have a whiskey in my recliner in a World War I documentary guy. You can say I'm old and boring, 100% true. But here's the beauty of it. I don't care that you think that. I'm still not coming to your party. I, I, I have to do a lot of social functions because of what I do. And I go and I laugh and I do have fun with my friends. I don't sit there like a stick in the mud. But if you're all things being equal, I just want to chill with, with, with you know, me and mine. Period. I'm just a relaxed kind of guy. And living with other people was the worst thing about the Marine Corps except for the food. As you know, I'm a slave to my stomach. The food situation was horrendous. People think I'm joking when I say this. It may be the worst part of Iraq was the food, especially because we were there before there were any facilities. I was there for the actual Iraq invasion. Like we went downstaged in Kuwait, Bush declares war. We invaded the country. So there weren't, there weren't facilities there. We were living on MREs. We were living on whatever they could get into us. It was rough. Really, really, really rough. And, well, we started finding ways to feed ourselves. It was so rough. The locals figured out that, oh, my goodness, these guys will eat anything. And they had these. Now, if I were to eat them today, I would probably vomit because they were so gross. 
But in my mind, they're still the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. The locals would bring us for a dollar a piece these pitas. You know, it's the Middle East. They know how to do some freaking pitas over there, man. They would bring us these pitas, and they would open up the pita still warm and stuff it full of really, really, really buttery scrambled eggs and onions. That may not sound good to you now. Maybe it does sound good to you now. When you have eaten MREs for six months, that tastes like filet mignon with bacon bits on it. That it was, uh, honestly, the, the, uh, just talking about it, and this is what, Chris, gosh, this is, this is 16 years ago I'm doing this. My mouth is still, my mouth is watering thinking about it. That's how amazing these things were. The food was absolutely dreadful. Even when we did a six-month stretch in Okinawa. Uh, and they had restaurants over there. It's Okinawa. They even had some some ones on the base, you know, some American ones. I think it was Domino's and a couple other things like that. It's fine. What I missed the most was the American food. I just want to go back and get some food. I need my food. So I'm a slave to my stomach. So that was the worst part about the Marine Corps. The second worst part was living with other people. I am not a clean freak. Not at all. However, I am clean. I am not the person who goes home and takes my shirt and throws it on the floor. I am not the person who will leave water bottles all over the house. I'm not, again, I'm not a freak. I'm not walking around with cleaning supplies, spraying down the counters. I'm not fist bumping everybody because I don't like to shake hands because of the germs. I'm fine with a fist bump, fit with a fist bump, even though I'm probably going to do the pound explosion thing because it makes me laugh. What, Chris? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So I'm fine with all that. But Marines, one, we smell. We can't do anything about that. I'm not 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 judging anybody for it. But I didn't want to live with someone else's smell. I didn't want to live with anyone else's mess. I didn't want to share anyone else's bathroom. One of my buddies, I, I wish I wish I was making this up. I wish I wasn't telling you this story. I don't know why I tell you these things. One of my buddies used to poop himself when he drank. When I say poop himself, he was he was look, I shouldn't I'm not making fun of the guy. He he clearly he's just one of those people chemically his body did not react well to it. All bodies are built differently. You know that, right? We're all made up. Uh, we're all made up a little differently. Uh, I had buddies who could drink like absolute fish, and you'd never know they were drinking. And then I had other guys. That, I mean, you could argue none of us should, but I have other guys who should never touch alcohol again. They could not handle it. They just simply could not handle it. They didn't know how to function. They're either fighting with somebody, or it's just a disaster. And this buddy would poop himself. And do you want to know how we found out? That he pooped himself. Would you like to know the story? Because it's ugly. I'll be, I'll be frank. It's not a great story. Actually, it's hilarious. We are in the barracks one evening. Barracks is just a nice way of saying a big Marine Corps dormitory. You have a roommate or two. Even though we're in the middle of the desert, the air conditioning generally didn't work. Because it is the Marine Corps, the place was, however, spotless at all times. And I do mean spotless. 
Hang on. Listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. You do not know how to take on the IRS. I don't know how to take on the IRS. I I don't know what I'm doing. You don't either. It's the IRS. They collect your money for a living. It is the federal government. It is the most powerful entity in the world. If they are coming after you, they're not going to forget. They're not going to screw it up. You have to fight them and use a professional to fight them. Use Paramount Tax Relief. There's a chance you qualify for the new CNC tax program. And if you do, it'll actually allow you to stop making any payments to the IRS while you're in the program. Does that sound nice? Yeah, it is. Nice. During these scary times right now, don't part with more of your money than you have to. Call Paramount Tax Relief and call them today. 800-816-8749. 800-816-8749. Paramount Tax Relief. So we find out... My buddy has a bit of an issue one night. We're in the barracks. We are stuck in the barracks. We start tossing back some beers. He, again, does not do well when he's tossing back some beers. So, of course, inevitably, he tries to fight someone. We tell him, just get lost. You know, we just kind of push him out of the room real quick. Nothing major. And we think, you know, he's just going to stand outside for a second, you know, calm him down and whatnot. We step out, and he's gone. We're looking up and down the catwalk. We can't find him. But we look down, and there's something brown on the sidewalk, on the catwalk. And we look, and sure enough, it's poop. And now we're seeing poop with footprints in it. And now there's a trail of poop. And we tracked our buddy to a different barracks room, which was not his own. They had left the door open, as we often did, because it was so hot and the air conditioning didn't work. Our buddy left the trail of poop into a barracks room that was not his own and crawled into bed, a bed that was not his. I realize that's a gruesome, hideous story. However, you want to know why I resolved that I would never live with someone else again when I got out of the Marines? Until I got married, that's why. I'm not walking through poop trails. I'm not smelling your smelly feet. I'm not picking up your crap. I'm not stepping in the pee by the toilet because for some unknown reason you are unable to aim everything into the toilet. I know I'm preaching to the choir for so many of you. I don't do that. I'm not doing that. Not doing that again. So I get out of the Marine Corps. Get this. I get out, I go down to Arizona where my parents are living. This is how committed I was to never living with anyone again. I stayed in my parents' house for one night and moved into my apartment the next day. 
The only reason I didn't get out and drive right to my apartment is they couldn't get me the key that night. I had to wait till the next morning. One night moved into my apartment complex the next day. Now, I will tell you, I was pretty fresh back from Iraq still. Very fresh within within months. I think it was three or four months maybe. So I did not take full advantage of living in an apartment complex as a single dude in a college town like Tucson, Arizona. I just wanted to be left alone. I, I, I did. I still remember the day. At one point, I got back from, got home from work, get out of my pickup truck. I'm walking into my apartment, and this absolute dime is sitting in her car, rolls down her window, and calls me over to talk to me. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm going home. And I just went and walked to my apartment. I'm not kidding. When I say I was not in a great place, I was really not in a great place. No, I just wanted to be left alone. I would go in my apartment and I would turn out all the lights and shut all the blinds and sit in the dark. Eh, not healthy. Generally, generally not good for you. And if there's somebody, I know we have a lot of guys listening, and in all seriousness, if there's somebody going through that, dude, email me. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you're going through that or you have someone else going through that, Allow me to just say this, you will come out of it. When you're in it, it doesn't feel like you'll ever come out of it. You will eventually come out of it, but send me a freaking email if you're hurting. We'll figure out some way to help you out, all right? We will figure out a way to help you out. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That reminds me, Monday, I have to... I have to give this to you guys before I get back to our goof-off, screw-off questions and everything else. I have to prepare you for Monday's show. It's going to be a Memorial Day special. It is going to be a show dedicated to the people not who have fought. It is not Veterans Day. Do not, although I appreciate it, it's fine. Do not thank me or any other veteran on that day, do not. It is important that you don't. I hate it. I understand why people do it. I understand you're doing it, you know, out of the goodness of your heart. Thank you to all those who've given their lives and everyone in the military and policemen and fire. No, 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 no. Do not water down the day. That is a day 100% wholly dedicated to people you can't thank. You cannot thank them. It's for the people who are gone. You cannot thank them. Honor them that day. Period. And our Memorial Day show on Monday is going to be a heavy day. It's going to be completely dedicated to them. My history story is going to be dedicated to them. I have already four guests lined up that day. And these are all guys you know who come on the show. And they're not coming on to do our normal favorite pizza topping screw-off stuff. They're coming on to talk, talk about guys they've lost. It is going to be a heavy, choke-up day. Obviously, I want you to listen. If you don't, I understand. It is not going to be our normal light show. And you know that's how I do radio is light. Yes, we talk about heavy stuff. We talk about important stuff. As I've always promised you, I'm not here to change the world. I'm not here leading some movement. I'm just trying to make your day a little better. 
when you finish the three hours of the Jesse Kelly show, I just don't want you to be freaking miserable. I want you to feel better. Monday's going to be heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy. It is. But it is something I feel strongly about, and I will tell you I'm not sorry. I'm going to do it every single year. As long as they're stupid enough to give me this microphone, Memorial Day is going to be dedicated to the honor of the guys we've lost. And you, if you have somebody you want honored that day, write me an email, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you have lost a husband, brother, grandfather, sister, mother, if you have lost somebody in combat, Anybody you know and you want them honored that day, you send me an email. I will read their name on the air. I can't say I'm going to have time to look into it. If you want to give me more information than that, that, that's fine. If you just want their name read, that is fine. You send me the name. It will get read to the United States of America. Yes, we are going to open up the phone lines that day too. You will be welcome to call. You send the name. It's getting read that day. I promise you. All right? It's got to go to that email address, though. I have way too many people calling me, texting me. Send it to that email address so Chris can have it printed off in front of me. You want someone honored, that's the deal. Okay? Good to go there? Now, I absolutely forget where I was going. Oh, the apartment complex. So it was a little heavy. Finally, I meet the old ball and chain. We were, I was going to community college in the evenings after work because I, you know, still was in that idiotic and need to get a degree mode. I mean, I'm sitting there with a great job. I've now, I'm no longer in the ditch anymore in construction. I've worked my way up. I'm a project engineer, project manager. I'm, I'm working my way up. I'm making decent pay. And yet I still had the, I have to get a degree. Stupidest freaking thing ever in the world. So I'm going to community college because I'm also stupid. Oh, I'm kidding. I am stupid, but if you can go to community college, go. I'm going to tell my kids to go for a couple years. Save yourself the money and heartache. Go get the stupid classes out of the way. Anyway, I'm also not in a great place still. So even though it's community college, you remember the girl with the dragon tattoo, even though that's a sweet, well, it's not a sweet. I heard it's a really heavy movie, but it's really critically acclaimed. But remember the girl with the dragon tattoo that went from her neck down to her, down to her, under her leg? Yes, that's the kind of community college I'm in. I would sit in the back of the community college in my classroom, and I would pull my hat way, way, way down low, and I would just keep to myself. Hang on. Boomer Naturals has incredible products, natural products, which you know I'm all about, but let's let's have a real frank conversation here. Um, that face mask you have on your kid, it looks terrible because it's an adult face mask and everybody can see that. It looks like you put a freaking pillowcase on your kid's head. Stop doing that. Get your child a child size face mask. Come on now. They have them at Boomer Naturals. They have adult sizes and they have kid sizes. And if you're going to wear one, if you are, get a good one that actually allows you to breathe and talk 
and also gives you 92.2% antibacterial protection, that's the one you find at Boomer Naturals. Go start doing this thing the right way. Stop looking ridiculous. Go to BoomerNaturals.com. That's BoomerNaturals.com. Do not forget to use the promo code JESSE20 at checkout. Gets you 20% off. Allow us to take a little mini break here from the screwing off and talk about something serious before I get back to my story about wrecking my apartment complex with a moving van. Rachel Bovard wrote something that I found incredibly, incredibly interesting because I don't understand why more people aren't concerned about this. So, Rachel, why don't you elaborate? What is this company? How do you even say the name? What are they doing? Well, this company is called Huawei. It's a Chinese telecom company, but what it really is is an arm of the Chinese Communist government. And it is a globally dominant telecom company. And right now, the U.S. and China are locked in this intractable battle over who is going to have dominance over the next 5G wireless network. Um, Right now, we're all on 4G. We're going to take ourselves up to 5G. Who is going to build the infrastructure, the global infrastructure for that, is what is at play right now. And Huawei— Hold on. Sorry. Just real—I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt— Uh, There are a lot of people out there who are really stupid. I'm talking about myself, and they don't understand exactly what 5G is. Could you at least break that down a little bit? Yeah, so uh, we're talking about our wireless network, basically, and we're all on 4G right now. But when we level up, basically, like a video game to 5G. So better cell phone signals? Better cell phone signals. Uh, Your streaming capacity is going to get a lot better. It's going to allow us to connect to devices in ways that we couldn't before. Um, Just it's like an an incredibly powerful wireless signal is a a simple way to describe it. Okay, cool. Anyway, sorry, continue. So basically, it's either China or the U.S. who's going to build this infrastructure. The problem is that uh, Huawei, because it is an arm of the Chinese government, basically is building espionage software and infrastructure. Um, So... Australia, for instance, banned Huawei from even being in their country because they said, oh, yeah, hey, they're trying to spy on us, steal our political secrets and our you know, trade secrets as well. Um, but in the U.S., we haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, President Trump has, has been firm with Huawei, but we haven't outright banned them. Um, and you still have some people in the United States saying, well, hey, if Huawei can do it better, why don't we just let them in? But the problem is we'd be letting the communists into our system. And because this is a winner-take-all system, if you have the infrastructure, you have access to the data, and you control the data on millions of U.S. citizens, U.S. businesses, anyone using this 5G network. So this is a big national security risk for us. That sounds like a big risk. Now, let me ask another really stupid question. If we if we know that, then clearly everybody knows that. Why is anybody even considering it? Are they the only game in town? They, in some respects, yes. Now, Huawei, 
gets about $75 billion in support from the Chinese government. So naturally, they're further ahead than our private industry who competes fairly and on their own merit. <laughs> they don't get a ton of, you know, billions and billions from the United States government to compete with China. And so you have some people who say, look, we can try to mitigate the influence of the Chinese government, or they just deny outright that the Chinese government controls uh, Huawei at all. Um, but you have the Five Eyes Intelligence Network, which is the United States, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and, and the United Kingdom, all acknowledging uh, that we are basically letting China in the back door if we allow Huawei in. But this is still a debate we're having in the United States. Uh, bizarrely, uh, Huawei still has champions here. Who are these champions? Right? Are we are we talking? Is this are they Republicans? Are they Democrats? Are they governors? Are they senators? Who are these people openly <laughs> championing such a thing? So you're starting to see a lot of Republicans come around that Huawei is bad, but you still have some uh, what I call them sort of free market maximalists on the right who are saying, well, it doesn't matter. You know, if they can do it better, we, we would choose the most efficient outcome because that's the best free market principle. And I respect that because most of the time it's correct, but not now, not with Huawei, when you are literally letting your adversary build your wireless infrastructure to control your national defense. That, I think, is something we should weigh heavily uh, when considering uh, if the free market really uh, works best right now. Who has joined Australia on the, yeah, we're not doing that train? So Australia is the only country that's outright bans them. Um, New Zealand and Canada are, are both um, taking measures, as, are, as are, is the United States. Canada got uh, caught up in what we call China, China's kidnap diplomacy. Uh, basically, they supported the extradition from Canada to the United States, States of Huawei's chief financial officer. She was arraigned for the companies violating um, Iran sanctions. And so Canada said, OK, we'll extradite you to the U.S. And as a result, Beijing kidnapped two of uh, two Canada's officials in their country, de declared them spies, um, and, and detained them. And that tells you how closely the Chinese government guards Huawei, because it's a national security asset for them. They can claim they're a private company, but they're not. They're an arm of the Chinese government. Um, so the United States is taking measures, but you're seeing a lot of free trade advocates come at President Trump for this and saying, no, we shouldn't punish Huawei. We shouldn't, you know... Uh, we should allow that their phones to be purchased. We should allow United States companies to do business with Huawei because President Trump has put, has put tariffs and sanctions on uh, companies that do business with Huawei. So, you know, we're, we're really seeing a debate right now between, you know, we want free trade, but is there a national security element that we should also consider? I don't understand why, with all these fancy schmancy intelligent people we have in our tech companies, why... This company's the only game in town. I, I mean, I, maybe this is just completely out of my wheelhouse, but you're telling me Apple, Verizon, Google, YouTube, you tell me none of these other major, major, major tech companies are getting in on this? Why, why is Huawei the only one? The only U.S. firm that's really competing in this area is Qualcomm. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of our technical manufacturing abilities in this space. Unfortunately, they don't exist in the United States anymore. We import most of this technology now. We don't build it ourselves. Um, so Qualcomm is really the only game uh, for the United States. Um, and there's issues there as well. Uh, you know, there's been claims that they're a monopoly and, and do that we, you know, should we, uh, the government weigh in against Qualcomm uh, for its monopoly status. So we've got a whole lot of problems going on here. Um, <laughs> the biggest one, though, obviously, is we cannot allow Huawei to build our tech. 
What other Chinese companies should we be watching out for, Rachel? I'm I'm about 99% sure this is not the only one doing dirty, dirty crap like this. Well, a lot of the Chinese companies have state-owned elements. It's really interesting. I've been doing a lot of work on um, the Chinese pharmaceutical industry, believe it or not. Uh, the United States, you may have heard, uh, gets almost 90% of the generic drugs Americans take from China. And, um, you know, this is a situation where, again, the Chinese government is manipulating the global marketplace through its private firms um, and, and basically shoring up all of these capabilities for themselves. Um, in doing so, they've basically stripped the United States of our abilities to even manufacture basic drugs. So we are now tied to China for a lot of our drugs, and that's a huge area of concern. And what's interesting is that it is a state policy in China for their private companies to cheat, to steal, and to price fix on the open market. And they've done this in the pharmaceutical industry. So we really need to reevaluate re how we do business with China. We, we operate under this assumption that everybody competes freely and fairly, and so we should too. Um, obviously, we should continue to do that, but we really should look at who we do business with because they're not all playing by the rules. Producer Chris, I think we need to reevaluate how often we have Rachel Bovard on the show. That was outstanding. Thank you, Rachel. Where can people get more of your stuff? I work uh, at Conservative Partnership Institute, conservativepartnership.org, but I write in a whole lot of places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm always posting my stuff there. Thank you so much. That was dynamite. You will be back. Thank you. How about that, Chris? I love these people who are who are experts on China because – I'm not, and it fascinates me. You know, I mean, I, I, I know really important intelligence stuff like China sucks. You know, I, I know my hash browns recipe that I'm going to give out. Somebody asked for that on Ask Dr. Jesse. I, so I know important stuff like hash browns. What I don't know is 5G. I guess tomato, tomato. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. Leo Grillo left Hollywood 40 years ago, and he has dedicated his life to saving abandoned animals. And I think I need to explain that a little bit. When I say saving abandoned animals, it's not you or I, you know, reaching out and, and picking that up, picking up that abandoned dog on the side of the road and taking him down to the pound. No, that's how you and I handle it. Leo Grillo. He saved a family of 21 dogs from the wilderness. It was such an epic, epic tale. They made a documentary about it. <laughs> you actually can get a copy of that documentary free when you go to deltarescue.org slash jesse and get involved. This is a man with a heart for animals. If you have a heart for animals, a heart for, for finding these animals and giving them a great life, Delta Rescue is the only way to go. Get involved today. DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. DeltaRescue.org slash Jesse. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. So... 
back to my apartment. Back to how I wrecked my apartment. Part of it anyway. I'm in class. I'm fresh from combat. I don't want to speak to anybody. Period. I don't want to talk to people. Not even girls, as I elaborated. Don't want to talk to anybody. I sit in the back. I have my hat pulled down low. I make it pretty apparent I am not there to socialize. However, there's this girl who always tries to talk to me in class, and she's fun, and she's funny. And she's... This is not going to be... There's no nice way to put this. She is not in any way attractive to me. I mean, not even a little bit. Okay? Not even a little bit. But she's very, very kind. And so, like, I'm not going to be a jerk. Okay? What, Chris? I'm not a jerk. Uh, People think... All right, I am a huge jerk. But I was not going to be... I can't be a... I have a hard time being a jerk to a woman. I know that sounds terrible, especially everybody's going to be like, well, you're the worst sexist in the world. And that's true. I don't think women should vote, but I also can't be rude to them. Like if I get mad about something and I have to call and, and talk to a manager or something like that, I'll, I'll be all fired up and ready to roll. And then when a woman answers, I can't do that thing where I just berate one. I don't know why I can't do it. I can't do it. Whatever. Don't get me sidetracked again. This, this story's already gone off the rails. We have a million stories and a million Ask Dr. Jesse questions to answer. And I've been talking about wrecking my apartment complex for like 45 minutes right now. I still haven't gotten to it. This lady turns to me one day in class and says, are you dating anyone? Now, I'm in a pickle here. One, I don't want to date anybody. Two, I can't put it any more clearly than I'm trying to put it. There's no way I would date this girl. No way I would date this girl. And I obviously think she is trying to ask me out. Why else would you ask somebody that question? So in one of those tiny moments that changes your whole life, I actually answered truthfully. Believe me when I tell you I wanted to lie. And it would have been the smart play to lie. And I certainly am not above lying. I'll lie my face off in order to save my butt. Uh, This moment, however, I told the truth. And I said, no, I'm not dating anybody. And I'm ready. I'm already gearing myself up for having to say, and no, I'm not dating you. However, she doesn't ask me out. She says, well, I think you'd be great for my roommate. And I'm trying to now just be polite here because I'm thinking, oh, gosh, here we go. All right, well, who's your roommate? Oh, she's she's on the University of Arizona gymnastics team. You know what? I would actually very much like to meet your roommate. I uh yeah, I'm I'm uh, you can pass along my number. Here it is. <laughs> I may have not wanted to talk to anybody, but I was not gay. University of Arizona gymnastics team? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh I'm going to go ahead and I mean, it doesn't hurt to meet her, right? I've seen I've seen those gymnasts. It doesn't hurt to meet her. I guess I'll be polite. <laughs> oh, gosh. So that's the story. Well, anyway, end up asking her to marry me. She says, yes, that's her mistake. It's time to move out of my apartment because we're going to get married and move into a house together. 
She's living in her place. I'm living in my apartment, so I have to unload my stuff. Now, I don't have any friends in town because I don't want friends. And I'd never lived in Tucson, Arizona before. I moved there when I got out of the Marine Corps. And I don't have any money. So I have to do that thing where you're moving pretty much all by yourself. And I go rent a moving van, one of the U-Hauls, and I drive it into my apartment complex. Now, my apartment complex has exactly what you've seen a million times. Not necessarily individual garages, but they have several parking spaces that, you know, it's always for like an extra 50 bucks a month. You can park your car in one of the covered ones. It just has a ceiling on it. This is Tucson, Arizona. It's the best way to make sure your hands do not melt into the steering wheel. I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't, I was simply in the mode of driving my pickup. And, you know, my pickup fit it fit quite nicely under the coverings. Chris, quite nicely. The pickup truck's about 6'5", you know, 6'6". Six, six. Truck slid right in there. The U-Haul was not 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. The U-Haul was like 9'5". The covering was like 7 feet. And when I say I ran into the covering, I need you to understand something. I didn't slowly back in to the covering. I didn't, you know, I'm just going to inch my way into this parking spot, into the covering. I ran into the covering. And the covering is one gigantic metal sheet that covers, you know, like 12 parking spaces at a time. And it's obviously interconnected with the other metal sheet that covers the next parking spaces Have you ever opened a can of sardines? Do you know how you twist that metal thing and that metal sheet on top of the can of sardines begins to roll up all at once? I want you to picture that only on a slightly larger scale. (laughs) So, yeah, I've run into my apartment complex before. It happens. I can't wait to go to bed tonight. I know you you might be in that same situation. You're tired. It's, it's been a long haul, and you can't wait to go to bed, but you and I both know what comes next, don't you? If you're one of those people who can't turn your mind off, bed all of a sudden can be ominous, and it's ominous for this reason. You're sitting here. You're yawning. You're tired. Oh, man, I really need to sleep. Oh, bed's going to be comfortable. I hope I sleep tonight. Oh, I bet you I'm not going to sleep tonight. Oh, no. Now I know I'm not going to sleep. I can already see how anxious I am. And then you lay down, and you it becomes self-fulfilling. You cannot get to sleep. Ebb Sleep has an actual solution to this problem you've been fighting. It's a wearable, drug-free device that actually targets those thoughts cools and calms your mind down, putting you to sleep. Try ebb.com slash jesse. That's try ebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse for 25 bucks off.
to answer the question many of you are asking, what happened? Well, I may be a moralist, soulless monster of a human being. Remember, I am. But I do have an ounce of integrity every now and then. Not often. Most often, I don't have any. But I did have enough integrity to lower my head, walk on down to the office of the apartment complex and be like, uh... There was a terrible wind just blew in and it blew off the... No, I didn't do that, Chris. I walked in and I said, hey, I jacked up your roof. I think it cost me... I want to say it cost me like 1200 bucks to fix it, which was a lot more money than I had at the time. I'm not kidding. I had to make payments on it. <laughs> that sucks. Shut up. Like you haven't been poor. I mean, have you seen the economic numbers? We're all about to be poor like that again. I better be careful with the next U-Haul. All right, I'm going to get to the rest of your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, 877-377-4373. We've got some hilarious Joe Biden audio. We have a great Saturday Night Live clip from old. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I have some really, really good ones. Remember, your questions do not have to be political, and I'm going to answer. James, I got your hash browns question. I'm going to answer it in just a second. But first, somebody did ask me this. Dr. Jesse, what's we know you hate liberals, he started out with, and then he said, what's the worst thing about conservatives? I was tempted to say the lack of playing offense. But here's the worst thing about conservatives. And this probably applies to liberals as well, but I don't hang with many liberals. We love politics, which I'm glad we do. We love America. I'm glad we do. That 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 America red, white and blue thing is a uniquely conservative thing. I don't care if you're a leftist and that offends you. I've knocked on doors before campaigning and as an absolute rule, and anybody who's knocked on doors will back this up, you have the voter registration of every home. Oh, there are two registered Democrats here. There are two registered Republicans here. Oh, this house is independence. You only knock on Republican doors, especially during a primary when you're trying to spread a Republican message Unless the House flies an American flag, because if the House flies an American flag, there's a 99, they they estimate it's 9 out of 10. I'll say it's higher than that. There's a conservative who lives in that home. It did not always, you know, exist like this. 
the Democrat Party of John F. Kennedy would be waving American flags. That party is gone. Democrats do not wave the American flag because Democrats in general do not like the United States of America. I don't care if that offends you. I don't care. They don't. Part of the Democratic Party platform is America sucks. It's part of the reason they're out of power. It's unappealing. America sucks. Now, all that said, we love America. We love politics. We care so deeply that we can lose our sense of humor really, really easily. People care so much that they they can't acknowledge the times when even the other side says something funny. Now, in general, leftists aren't great at humor. Leftism generally kills humor. That's why all this PC stuff has killed comedy. This is why greats like Dave Chappelle are rocketing up to the stars right now because they refuse to be PC. So in general, leftists are not good at comedy. But we, as conservatives, have a hard time laughing about things we care about, even when it's really funny. When it's really funny. You remember the Kavanaugh show trial? I know you do. And let me just explain before I, before I come out with this. I was as mad about that as virtually anything I've ever been mad about politically in my entire life. I thought what they did to that man was an absolute disgrace. I'm still mad about it to this day. I was furious. That that is bad politics, man. These people were sick. However, when Matt Damon went on Saturday Night Live and he played the part of Kavanaugh when Kavanaugh gave that speech and Kavanaugh was really mad and I don't blame Kavanaugh for being mad and he went fire and brimstone and Saturday, Saturday Night Live brought in Matt Damon to play that part. It was freaking hysterical. Now it's time to hear from the hero, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, <laughs> who I'm told has been shadow boxing in the men's room for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh. What? Judge, <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh, are you ready to begin? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I'm going to start... At an 11. I'm gonna take it to about a 15 real quick. First of all, I showed this speech to almost no one. Not my family, not my friends, not even PJ or Tobin or Squee. This is my speech. There are others like it, but this is mine. I wrote it myself last night while screaming into an empty bag of Doritos. That's funny. That's, that is funny. What? I absolutely lost it. I lo- Dude, that's funny. And it's okay when they do something funny or clever to acknowledge it's something funny or clever. You don't have to get, look, we do this because it's true. We make fun of thin skinned leftists and how they freak out about everything. And every feminist is a nut job. And so don't be like them. It's okay to acknowledge things are funny. And you know what? I'm about to say something really, really, really unpopular. Joe Biden has this 
absolutely cringeworthy audio out here today. He was doing an interview with somebody. Chris tells me his name is Charlemagne the God. I, I on my on my life. That, look, I don't I don't think that's his God given name. Uh, I I believe that's a name he came up with. No, I don't know who Charlemagne the God is, Chris. I'm sorry. Do I seem like a person who knows who Charlemagne the God is? Anyway. Biden does an interview with him and drops this cringeworthy piece of audio. I admit, play it, Chris. So if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black, but if you have a problem. And I am 99.9% sure that you have already heard that audio today or seen a video of it or seen your favorite political pundit freaking out about it i'm offended that's offensive that's offended i'm offended who does joe biden think he is talking about black people like that joe biden that joe one yes that's a bad piece of audio two i mean it's not that big of a deal right it's not that big of a deal because that's what politicians do they pander in absolutely cringeworthy embarrassing ways. Do you remember Hillary Clinton talking about carrying hot sauce around in her purse as she was trying to appeal to black people? When Democrats try to pander to their different voting groups that they really go after, black people being one of them, I just, I guess I'm so jaded. I'm so used to this. It always comes off bad. And you know what comes off even worse? When they try to pander to gay people, it is, and I've had people write me, I've had gay people write me and say, dude, you're so right when you say this. It's embarrassing. Go look at how Democrats pander to gay people. There is a video out there. You know what? I'm going to get Chris to post it on the Jesse Kelly Show Twitter page once I find it. There is a video out there of Chuck Schumer that old crotchety Democrat from New York dancing in a gay pride parade. And it is honestly the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) Dude, you can be tolerant without doing that. You can be tolerant without being embarrassing. (laughs) What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? There is no more cringeworthy moment in politics today than when Democrats try to gay pander. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Gosh. All right. Hang on. Boomer Naturals has a lot of great products, but really what they have right now that you're going to need is face masks. And I know that you may be one of these people who doesn't want to wear one. I will be very straight up with you right now. I don't want to wear one. I don't. But here's the problem. This world, the 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 thing that's going on, the pandemic, 
companies are going to require you to wear one, many of them, before you can come back to work. Many things like sporting events when they start opening up again, concerts when they start opening up again, they're going to require you to wear one or they're going to say, sorry, you can't come in. You know how I know this? Because I already see it starting to happen. You have these big box stores. They're stopping people at the front door. Sorry, get a mask or you're gone. Go get a good mask for yourself at boomernaturals.com. That's boomernaturals.com. And do not forget to use the promo code JESSE20 at checkout. Get you 20% off. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. All right, now it's time to get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. We have a heavy one here. Are you ready, Chris? You like it when I do this with my voice? It sounds very important, doesn't it? Or does it sound boring? It sounds NPR. It sounds kind of NPR. Hello, and welcome to NPR. This is Jesse Kelly. (laughs) I might start doing that more. All right, so the question was about... The guy wants me to, James writes in and he says, Dr. Jesse, when are you going to post a video of your hash brown and egg breakfast? I will actually post a video of this. Everybody loved my video of my burger recipe, which I'm not going to go into again today because I'm going to do it another time. Um, here's the deal with the hash brown breakfast. I'm, ar- I'm about ready to blow your breakfast mind. Are you ready? This is easy. It's something you can do at your house. Here's what you do. First of all, you take some diced jalapenos. No, I do not expect you to go out back and, and start planting jalapenos like, this, like the settlers did. I don't think the settlers actually had jalapenos, Chris, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. Just go to the store and buy a freaking jar of diced jalapenos. It's fine. It doesn't have to be top of the line. I'm white trash. I'm going to teach you how to do this the white trash easy way. You take diced jalapenos. Take a frying pan, heat it up on medium heat. Take a generous, don't be a big girl, most of the heat's going to cook off. Take a generous scoop of the jalapenos, drop them in the pan. Pretty much right away or even before if you want, it doesn't really matter. Drop a big old glob of butter in the pan. Actually, this is the only time, and I swear, the only time you're ever going to hear me say this Don't drop too much butter in the pan. Put enough butter, not too much butter. I'll explain why in just a second. You have your butter in there. You have your diced jalapenos in there. Now, take your hash browns, which I buy the good stuff, the stuff that's pre-shredded in the frozen food section. (laughs) Take your hash browns, drop, drop hash browns in there. You're only making enough for yourself. If more people want this dish, you're going to have to start from scratch and make it again from them for them from the beginning. Understand that this is just about you right now. We're in the, we're, we're, we care about you right now. Drop your hash browns in there, jalapenos in there, butter in there. Now, everybody knows at least a portion of your hash browns should be crispy. 
I cannot possibly emphasize this enough. It drives me crazy when restaurants cannot get this right. I don't want your mushy hash browns. I would have just ordered mashed potatoes if I wanted mushy hash browns. I need at least a little crunch on them. I'm not saying you have to serve me fries. But I need some crunch on my hash browns. In order to achieve maximum crunch on your hash browns, you have to, for one, mix up all the hash brown jalapeno goodness. Then flatten them out as thin as possible. Do not let your hash browns pile up in there. Flatten out your browns and let them sit. Don't be flipping them over. Don't be mixing them up all the time. Do a good mix so all the stuff is in there. Oh, gosh, I'm an idiot, Chris. I almost forgot one of the most important parts. Take your Frank's. Blaze or Frank's Buffalo Ranch seasoning, which I hope you've purchased by now. You can buy it right on Amazon. It's not liquid. It's, you know, the Frank's Red Hot. They have a seasoning called Buffalo Ranch. It is phenomenal in what I'm about to tell you. In fact, it's phenomenal on just about everything. But pour it on that jalapeno hash brown mixture. Then you mix it all up. Then flatten out your browns. Let your browns sit there. Let them sit there. So the browns on the bottom can get nice and hard. Eventually, you're going to have to go mix it up one time. Once you've got some good crunch on the bottom, mix it up one time just so all that stuff on top can be thoroughly cooked too, but you're pretty much good to go. Now, this part is important. Do not get lazy here. This matters. Take your hash brown mixture, pour it into a bowl, not a plate, Pour it into a bowl. Just the regular cereal bowl will be fine. Once it's in the regular cereal bowl, immediately, not in a couple minutes, not once you get a couple things out of the fridge, immediately drop your shredded cheese on top of the jalapeno hash brown mixture. And then this part is important. Again, do not get lazy. Put a piece of aluminum foil over the bowl. Hash brown mixture goes in, cheese goes on right away, aluminum foil goes on top of that right away. You are ha- you are trapping in all that heat to get that cheese nice and melty for when you do your big reveal. Go back over to your pan. Don't worry about your bowl with the foil on it. It's going to stay nice and piping hot. No worries there. Drop down a couple pieces of toast, which will need butter and nothing else. You don't need a bunch of fancy schmancy stuff on your toast. And now go make a couple over easy eggs. I don't want to hear this. I think the runny yolk is gross. If you think runny yolk is gross, I need you to go over right now to your refrigerator. I need you to pull out your egg carton. And I need you to walk out in front of your house and throw the re- throw the egg carton in the middle of the street because you're unworthy of the eggs and everybody in the neighborhood needs to know that you're an egg hater. Make a couple of over easy eggs or sunny side up if you want to get fancy. I have to be honest. I have no idea how to actually make sunny side up eggs. None. I, what do you mean it's easy, Chris? How do you do it? You just... Is it that you know what? Well, you know what? I don't need to know how to make it. Screw you, Chris. I'm fine with my over easy eggs. Do you think I'm here for the aesthetics? I don't care. I don't need to have that yolk staring at me in the face. In fact, I think it would creep me out if it did. So I'm going to make my over easy eggs over easy. You need the runny yolk. 
Now you do your the the uh, the coup de gras, Chris. You uncover your bowl. You drop your two over easy eggs on it. You take it with your toast. You sit down and you do not eat yet. One, you bow your head and say grace, you godless savage. Then you take your fork and you mix it all up into the gigantic, chopped up, gooey mess that will inevitably look like whale vomit. And it will be delicious. The reason you mix it all up is you want the yolk mixing with the cheese, with the jalapenos and the hash browns. and the Don't, don't eat it any other way. Mix it all up. Enjoy. And you will enjoy it. Trust me on that. So there. That is how that is done. Now on to the rest of your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Dr. Jesse, what is your favorite? No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I can't. No, that's I can't answer that. Okay, Jesse, who's on the Republican ticket for 2024? I'm about to disagree with everybody here. Because if you ask the average Republican who's on the Republican ticket in 2024, most of them would tell you Nikki Haley. I'm not a Nikki Haley guy. Now, I'm not a Nikki Haley hater. I'm not a hater. I'm not a Nikki Haley guy. What, Chris? You like Nikki Haley? See, I'm with Chris. Chris says Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is a governor from a swing state who's not afraid of the media, not afraid of even massive media backlash. He's from a state we love, and he's a, gov- he's a governor who got into power and didn't run to the middle. He got into power and did not run to the middle and try to, well, let's just be more reasonable. He got into power and did exactly what he promised he was going to do when he's campaigning. That's rare. Hang on a second. Your mind needs sleep. It is not an option. You have to have a good night's sleep or you're not the same person. And you know how I know that? Because I've gone through it myself time and time and time again. I have to have sleep. And not just, you know, three or four hours. Maybe you are one of those rare people who can function without a full night's sleep. I am not. I am mean. I can't think right. My eyes hurt. Your mind needs it. Your body needs it. So stop messing around with all these other idiotic products and get an ebb sleep. It's a drug-free solution that applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead, which calms your mind. Clinically validated, four out of five users report falling asleep faster. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. And use the code jesse at checkout for 25 bucks off. That's ebb sleep, baby. Go get one. Joining me now, 
One of my favorites. She's become a show regular at this point in time. Editor-in-chief of RedState.com, Kira Davis. Kira, apparently we're going to have to have a real serious talk about apple juice. What is your problem? Hi, Jesse. It's good to be here. Look, I can't believe you're going to persecute me like this about apple juice. <laughs> Let us not pretend. Apple juice is trash. And I don't know why mm. people like it, but I think people mm. have been convinced to like it, but apple juice is not good. I'm sorry. It's 2020, and I'm I'm being honest about everything now. Okay. Let's put all our cards on the table. Okay. Apple I'm, juice is trash. I'm going to ask you some very pointed questions. I just ask that you answer quickly and shortly. Do you like apples? Yes. Okay, so you're pro-apple. Do you like orange juice? Yes. You like grape juice? Yes. Okay, so you're pro-fruit juice. You're pro-apple, yes. but you're anti-apple juice, and you think exactly. I'm the weird one? Yeah, because apple ju- apples apples are meant to be eaten, not drank. At least an orange is juicy, you know what I mean? At least a grape is juicy. Like, an apple is... is an apple is nuts. juicy. What kind of apples do you people have in California? You have to press that apple down, then you have to, like, sift out all the juice. The process just takes out the good part of the apple and turns it into this, like, sweet, nasty, condensed drink. I don't understand. I just think people have convinced themselves that they like apple juice. You think, it's not good, Jesse. You think the good part of the apple is having to gnaw through that absolute piece of granite in order to get to the fruit? <laughs> you think that is the fun part? Okay. Well, look, I think we've all learned a lot about Kira today. Um, All right, Kira, let's see what the big news of the day is, because I actually we are pretty much done with the show and I have yet to address a single political topic on today's show. (laughs) Um, What who is your candidate for 2024? Who's the Kira Davis pick? For 2024? Yep. Who's the Republican you want? <laughs> I don't know that that Republican is out front yet. Um, we we might see a change before then. But if I have to just pick from who I've seen today, I've always thought that that 2024 might be a great time for Marco Rubio to step up. Oh. Rubio, oh. I know, or Tim or Tim Scott. Oh. Uh, I would love I would love to see Tim Scott run for president, but um, I don't think that's that's the gig he's interested in. But I've always, what I like about Rubio is that he splits that difference between establishment and conservative. And I think by the time we, we finish with Trump, people are going to want a little bit more of a traditional candidate. So, but, but the thing is, I think any Republican you're going to put up in 2024 most likely is going to lose. I mean, politics is cyclical in this country. We'll be in a Democrat cycle. See, I love I love that you say that because I say that stuff and I get hate and I tell people it's not my job to tell you what you want to hear. I don't want that to happen. But I mean, that is that is the way history goes. I mean, I think Rubio sucks just because he is a big he's his foreign policy is way different than mine. I'd be okay with Tim Scott. I actually like Tim Scott. Now, why don't you think he has any interest in it? He seems like an ambitious dude. I think I could be wrong. I don't know Tim Scott personally, but I get the sense that Tim Scott actually enjoys being kind of on the ground level and and having his hands in the community. You know, I, I think that's what Tim Scott, that's why he became a politician. 
He's one of those rare politicians that actually enjoys serving the people. And president is a sucky job. Everyone thinks they want the job, but it's actually one of the worst jobs you can have. It's a very difficult job. There's a reason why men age so quickly when they get that job. So I'm just not sure that that's his level of ambition. Now, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see him run for president because he has a way of framing community-driven issues that I don't think any other politician has really grasped yet. Um, So, yeah, but I could be wrong. Why do people want the job when the job sucks? What you just said is 100% true. Everybody knows it. Look at before and after pictures of Bush and Obama. If you don't believe me, you can Google image search them right now. They age like 40 years when they're in there for eight. It's the most stressful, crappy job in America, and people will kill for it. I mean, the Clintons have. I'll quit, Chris. We can make jokes. But (laughs) in all seriousness, why do people want a job that sucks? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, first of all, everybody has a different reason. I This might sound silly to people, but I think Trump really did have this idea that he could change the country. He didn't like the way things were going. I think a guy like Bush gets in it because it's a family legacy, and that's, you know, that's what you aim for. I think people like the Clintons get in it for the power, you know. It, but it is a certain type of personality that is driven to attain um, – attain great power and you know in in this country in our constitutional republic that person doesn't get any higher than the president so some people are just really driven to achieve this is why jesse i i don't ever really take seriously the idea of michelle obama signing up for a run or signing up to be biden's vp pick or whatever theory people have about that because she spent eight years in the white house and she hated it and she didn't make a secret of that she said it sucked. So I have no inkling that she wants to volunteer to go back to that. Who's the Democrat that would scare you? Uh, assuming Joe Biden's mind is going to continue to melt into tapioca pudding and they replace him at the convention, which I know is just a, a conspiracy theory at this point, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Who's the Democrat that would step up and you'd go, oh, no, we're in trouble? It would be probably just Michelle Obama, <laughs> and like, and there's no, she's not on the on the table right now. So, and I would only worry about her just because of the personality driven. But there, I don't see anyone on the Democrat side that makes me tremble for Trump. Does that mean Trump doesn't have more work to do against one person than another? I I think if if Biden picked Gretchen Whitmer as a as a VP pick. I think that could create a little bit of a problem for Trump just because she ignites the left, the base of the left, the same way Sarah Palin ignited the base of the right in um, 08 when she was running with McCain. So she's got that, she's like Sarah Palin was far right and and Whitmer is far left, but they kind of occupy that same space in the culture. So I would have like a little bit of worry about her, but I just don't see anybody that Trump's not going to make mincemeat out of. She's kind of hot, too. What's that? She's kind of hot, too. She's cute. Yeah. I, like, I know people are like, people are like, oh, she's the witch, wicked witch of the West. I don't know, maybe, but like, politics is, you know, entertainment for the ugly. Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and so when you find someone who's genuinely 
genuinely attractive. Like we make politicians attractive and in the real world, they wouldn't be like, I'm sorry. If I saw Obama walking down the street and he wasn't the first black president, I would think he was goofy. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't think of him as attractive, but I have friends who like think he's the hottest. And look at how, remember how hot everyone thought Bill Clinton was? I mean, gross. Yeah. But we just have, we just have lower standards as politicians. But I think Whitmer can, I think she rises above that. I think I'm declaring her cute jesse okay see see kira davis is on the train chris i get it i've been catching all kinds of heat for this do you think i would make a great president kira no no (laughs) wait why not well i just think that we need somebody with how do i say um Direction, experience, <laughs> ambition, seriousness, uh, and somebody who understands that apple juice is trash. You know what? You know what? I just want to go. I want to go now. Kira Davis, redstate.com. <laughs> appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. I think I'd make a great president. I, you know, we. I'd be a disaster. It'd be a disaster. But you know what? I'd be all about the corruption life. I mean, yeah, you can have that missile defense contract. I've been really wanting a yacht. All I'm saying, if you want to leave one for me in the Mediterranean, the American people would be happy to give you that missile defense contract. What, Chris? Is that wrong? I guess it is. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. I hate car repairs. I hate them with the fire of a thousand suns, and I hate them because of the money. It's unexpected money. It's money I wasn't expecting to have to pay, and that hurts more. Look, I can pay my mortgage every month. That, that doesn't hurt. I know it's coming. I, I don't enjoy it, but I know it's coming. That massive $500 engine repair. That hurts because I didn't know it was coming. Man, I don't have 500 bucks just growing on trees. And so if you own a car, truck, or SUV made from $19.99 or higher, there's a chance you could stop paying for car repairs, engine repairs, transmission, and all the other fees that go with it. Roadside assistance, towing, car rental, oil changes. Dial star star 1244 and find out about Protect My Car. Again, You have to see if you qualify. I hope you do. Star, star, one, two, four, four, protect my car. Producer Chris has just pointed out to me that I have actually gotten through exactly zero headlines today. I haven't addressed a single political topic at all, and I now have 20 headlines I have to get through. We have six minutes of show. Chris does not think I'll be able to do it. Chris underestimates the greatness of me. Allow us to begin. Headline number one. 
Quote, we should take women's accusations seriously, but Tara Reid's falls short. I know you're going to find this shocking. That comes from a liberal publication that loves Joe Biden called The Nation. Everybody knows these things just get weaponized for political purposes. Just know this. Nobody actually cares. They all pretend to care until their candidate is in trouble. Next, most Americans have no idea why we celebrate Memorial Day. This is from the New York Post. Once again, do not thank a veteran on Memorial Day. That's a day to honor those we lost. We will do a Memorial Day special on Monday. It will be heavy, but it will be very good. Next, NBC's next anti-reopen strategy, fear-monger about mass shootings. Yes, I'm not kidding. They're actually talking about potential for mass shootings. You know what's going to result in mass shootings? Taking a bunch of people who were already struggling with depression and or substance abuse, taking away their livelihood and locking them in their apartment. That is a recipe for disaster and everybody knows it. Next, Japanese new recruit fired after one month for being partially out of the frame during video meetings. People are mad about this. I say they are 100% justified. If you are brand new to any job out there, I don't care whether you're putting mayo on the burger buns at Jack in the Box or working at at, uh, Goldman Sachs somewhere, be on your best behavior in the beginning. You're working from home. You can't find a way to get your frame shot Done right, be serious, do better at your next job, unemployed loser. Headline, Mississippi church that refused to obey lockdown orders was burned down by an arsonist. The arsonist actually said in graffiti, I bet you stay home now, you hypocrites. This lockdown is just the latest historical example of 10 million I could give you where people have decided that being awful is for the greater good. Headline, 28-year-old man charged in 93-year-old girlfriend assault. One, if this guy really assaulted a woman, let alone a 93-year-old woman, I hope they take him to the top of the tallest building and throw him off of it. That's one. Two, a 93-year-old woman. (laughs) Anyway. Headline, Obama's man in China is now Beijing's man in Washington. He's talking about former Senator Max Baucus, who is openly campaigning on behalf of the Chinese party. The truth of the matter is simply this. The Democrat Party is a wonderful pipeline for communist China and communist China's message. I don't care that it makes you uncomfortable. Our education system, our media, Hollywood, and one of the two major parties are open allies with the people who hate America and are trying to bring America down. That's not just because of ideology similarities. It's because they share a common hatred. Headline, campaign finance filings takeaway. Joe Biden is still in a financial hole. Um, Yeah, Joe Biden is not going to inspire anybody to give him anything unless it's a one-way pass to a care facility. Headline, Russian coronavirus nurse scolded for wearing a bikini under a see-through gown. Chris, please find out which hospital this is in case I get sick. Headline, 
Man accused of stealing garage doors to install at other homes, police say. I completely respect this. Anybody can hold up a gas station and steal a $20 bill. It takes an actual criminal mind to remove somebody's garage door without anybody seeing you do it. Headline, Kamala Harris introduces resolution to condemn the terms Wuhan virus and Chinese virus as racist. As I've told you a thousand times, all Democrats have to do is not be insane, and they can't do it. Headline, officer refuses to enforce Democrat governor's lockdown order at reopen gym. Angry governor responds, I actually addressed this story like four days ago. This is that uncomfortable moment where you realize I don't prep for the show or check headlines ahead of time. Headline, Prosecutors to retry ex-CIA employee on espionage charges in WikiLeaks cases. In WikiLeaks case. Look, at this point, you just have to accept the fact virtually every branch of the federal government is openly working to bring down the country which they reside. Headline, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in talks to become Joe Biden's vice president pick. Why do you think Gretchen Whitmer is purposely destroying the economy in her own state? Because she knows Joe Biden's best chance at getting elected is a bad economy. Joe Biden knows it too. She's been campaigning to be Joe Biden's VP with every single new lockdown order. Headline, ISIS on track to double its attacks in Iraq and Syria. Again, I'll ask the question, why did we leave thousands of prisoners alive? Let's get trials. Let's get them swinging from the ropes, boys. Headline, U.S. Special Forces test laser gunship for covert strikes. Gosh, I want a laser so freaking bad. Hang on one second. I got about 30 more seconds. Hang on. should be noted, I did not get through 20 headlines there in six minutes, but I did get through 16. Producer Chris had no confidence I was going to get through any of them. I churned and burned today, baby. It was a heavy political show that we covered for six minutes. (laughs) We're getting thrown off the air. You know we are at some point. If you missed any of today's Jesse Kelly show, you can catch it on iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes. You can catch the podcast right away. Right away. Give it a five-star review. Leave your comments about how handsome I am because they're hilarious and it drives management absolutely insane. Again, if you have somebody you have lost in combat, husband, father, brother, sister, whatever, and you want their name read aloud live, to the nation on Monday, I will read it. If you email it to me, I will read it. You want to tell me a little something about them? I might read that too. Monday is going to be about honoring the fallen. That's all.
The Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps gold star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. It's time for you to join half a million people in doing what? Well, doing something cool. Get a Burna Less Lethal Pistol. That's Burna, B-Y-R-N-A. It fires powerful ammunition, tear gas, kinetic ammo, incapacitates an attacker for 30, 40 minutes. Having a less lethal option is crucial. It's legal in all 50 states. No background checks are required. They ship it right to your door. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Jesse gets you an exclusive 10% discount. 